0: I'm a senior education engineer here at MongoDB. Most recently, I worked on building the Docs AI chatbot, but I also have a background in technical writing, so producing some of that documentation, which the chatbot consumes and uses to serve you answers. It initially started because, frankly, we just wanted to see if we could do it. It actually started as a like internal hackathon project. So we built the chatbot using what's called Retrieval Augmented Generation, or RAG. And the basic idea there is that whenever you input query into the chatbot before the AI responds to you, it looks up information that is similar to that query, and then before it responds, it uses that information in the response. And the idea there is that you're like minimizing the risk that the chatbot will hallucinate some incorrect answer. Hey everybody, I'm Ben Perlmutter, Senior Education Engineer at MongoDB. Welcome to the MongoDB Podcast.
1: Welcome to the show. My name is Michael Lin, and this is the MongoDB Podcast. It's the voice of Ben Perlmutter, a senior education engineer at MongoDB. Today, he's sharing his journey and the innovative work behind the creation of the RAG-based AI chatbot for MongoDB's documentation. This chatbot represents a significant leap in how developers interact with and utilize our documentation, making it more accessible and user-friendly. Ben walks us through the process from the initial idea born in an internal hackathon to overcoming technical challenges and the strategic implementation of Atlas Vector Search. On today's episode, you'll gain insights into cutting-edge technology driving this project. For developers interested in AI, machine learning, and practical applications that enhance user experience, this episode is for you. Stay tuned. Ben, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Where in the world are you, Ben? So I'm based out of Brooklyn, New York. Okay, great. I love Brooklyn. I'm a little south of you. But today we're going to focus on... AI, we're going to talk about an implementation of AI that you helped build, and it's built right into the MongoDB, I guess, web properties and the docs infrastructure. So the documentation, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience,
0: let folks know who you are and what you do. Sure. So my name is Ben. I'm a senior education engineer here at MongoDB. Most recently, I worked on building the docs AI chatbot but I also have a background in technical writing. So producing some of that documentation, which the chatbot consumes and uses to serve you answers. And I was working specifically on the Realm docs, the Atlas app services docs and the Kotlin driver docs. Great,
1: terrific. Yeah, I've used the docs AI chatbot a whole lot lately and uh, I love how it's set up. I love how easy to use it is. Um, So we're gonna dive into... uh, a little bit about why you created it, how you created it, and maybe talk about some of the challenges you faced along the way. So why? Why first? Let me take another swing at that. So Ben, why did you create the Docs chatbot?
0: Sure. So the, well, it it initially started because, Mm -hmm. frankly, we just wanted to see if we could do it. It actually started as a like internal hackathon project. We have this internal hackathon, which we run once or twice a year, called Skunkworks. And in our Skunkworks project, this was like back in February 2023, which in generative AI time is a very long time ago, even <laughs> if it's not on the calendar. And all this stuff was new. ChatGPT had just come out a few months before. The ChatGPT API actually had come out like, Literally the week before the hackathon. We thought um we we're gonna have to use some other stuff to get the project done. But we wanted to see if we could have a chat interface like ChatGPT, but have the answers be grounded in the MongoDB documentation and also be able to like serve some links to where that documentation came from in addition to the generated content. And at that point in time, I think there was like two blog posts floating around the web, which had some reference architectures, but it wasn't using MongoDB. And at that time, MongoDB had Atlas Vector Search, which now is in public preview, in private preview. So it existed. And we had access to it, but others didn't necessarily. And we wanted to see if we could build the chatbot using that. So that was the initial motivation, just see what we could do. And then it actually worked pretty good. Unfortunately, we didn't win the hackathon or even make the finals of it, but, uh, it is what it is, (laughs) is. (laughs) but, uh, we did that. We were very proud of our work. It worked pretty well. And, um, then the idea sort of lay dormant for a few months. Um, We liked what we did, but it didn't gain any traction. And then uh, a few months later, some of the higher-ups in the education department reached back out and were like, hey, do you think we could get this chatbot which you made on the Doc's website? And we were like, yeah, I think so. (laughs) And that was like in mid-May when we started those conversations. And fast forward to... September, end of September of this year, we launched it on the Docs page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Well, I, I participated in that hackathon as well. I try to do something every year for Skunk Works and I love the, the initiative. And um, It's a lot of fun. It is. It is. I haven't won anything <laughs> or placed, but uh, it is certainly a lot of fun to, to work with the engineering team and other dev rels that are building things. Um, so, so that's a long time ago in terms of AI development, um, talk about how you got things started and, and I want to share with the audience, uh, realizing that we're, we're talking to folks in audio form only. I, I want you to share the architecture of the
0: AI chatbot. Sure. So we built the chatbot using what's called a retrieval augmented generation or RAG. Architecture, And the basic idea there is that whenever you input a query into the chatbot before the AI responds to you, it looks up information that is similar to that query. And then before it responds, it uses that information in the response. And the idea there with RAG is that. You're like minimizing the risk that the chatbot will hallucinate some incorrect answer. And this is especially pertinent for like newer information, which the chatbot wasn't necessarily trained on. So Atlas Vector Search is actually a great example of something that ChatGPT, the LLM, um, the large language model that we're using to create the answers, wouldn't necessarily have knowledge on. Because uh, ChatGPT was trained up to data, I think, in like September 2021. But Alice Vector Search, it came out in June of 2023. So ChatGPT has no idea what this thing is. Doesn't know it exists. So we use this retrieval. So basically search based upon the user query to... Tell ChatGPT, hey, this is what Atlas Vector Search is. This is how you use it to answer a question about Atlas Vector Search.
1: So you're leveraging retrieval augmented generation. And let's take it from the perspective that folks listening may not understand exactly how that works. When does the
0: retrieval take
1: place in relation to the user query?
0: So the flow is first the user inputs their query. And then we convert that query to what's called a vector embedding, which is basically a really big data point generated with AI that represents the ideas in that query. The embedding service which we use is from OpenAI, and the embeddings have, I think, 1,536 parameters. So that's 1,536 data points describing whatever's in that query. And then we take that query and we do vector search using a product Atlas vector search, uh, which is built into MongoDB Atlas and Atlas vector search finds whatever content the MongoDB documentation is most similar to that query. K nearest neighbor. Yeah. The K nearest neighbor and K is just a a number of nearest neighbors in our case, I think we find the three bits of documentation that are closest to the query. Mm -hmm. And then we say to the ChatGPT API, hey, ChatGPT, we have this content and this question. Can you answer the question based upon that content? And then it goes ahead and does that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, there are two sets of embeddings that are leveraged in the path between asking a question of the Docs AI chatbot and providing a relevant response. There's the embeddings that are taken from the user query, those are matched against embeddings from the Docs database. And this is a tokenized database of
0: all of the MongoDB documentation. Is that correct? So, what we just described is like the server flow or the end user flow, which routes through a server. Uh, But in addition to that, we also take all of the documentation and we convert it into, we call it our embedded content database, but the documentation database, uh, same idea. Um, And there, we pull all the documentation, which actually exists in a variety of different raw formats, we standardize it into this plain text format, and we break up each page into a bunch of different chunks, depending on how big the page is, there'll be a different number of chunks. And for each one of those chunks, we create a vector embedding for it using the same API that we use to create the vector embedding for the end user's query. And we store the chunk of content next to the vector embedding in a database. Which is then indexed using Atlas Vector Search. So when the end user inputs the question and we perform that query based on the embedding related to their question, we can pull up the relevant content. So listeners
1: are gonna notice that the sound is gonna change a little bit. That's because Ben changed up from a an over over-ear headset to some AirPods. So we'll um we'll try to make the sound as 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 best uh We'll try to make the sound as good as possible. So we've got a good overview of the flow, of the various ways that we're leveraging embeddings and the way that we're indexing the data using MongoDB's vector search. What were some of the first steps you
0: took in creating the app? Sure, so when we first started, due to this whole space being so new, we really, didn't know exactly what our final implementation would look like. There's more like unknown unknowns I think than would traditionally exist when you're designing a software application. So I think our guiding idea was to start simple and then iterate. So we started by building what's called a naive RAG application which is very similar to the basic architecture, which we just discussed. Um, and then for any additional improvements, refinements, changes, we wanted to do that based upon feedback, which we'd receive throughout the development process. So for example, we want to just get something up and then once it was up, see how it does and see how we can make improvements based upon that. And to be honest, when we started out, we weren't a hundred percent sure that we'd be able to reliably make improvements, such that we could make this product significantly better than like this hackathon prototype which we made. We thought we probably could. We certainly hoped we could, but was certainly not certain.
1: <laughs> I love that.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, um, we were able to iterate on it and make it progressively better. Yeah. We did that largely through red teaming. So in the generative AI application space, red teaming refers to just having people use the product, give it a diverse array of inputs, a variety of prompts to see how it behaves. So it's not only limited to attacking a system to find vulnerabilities, it's red teaming in a broader sense just to see how the system behaves in a variety of scenarios.
1: So what were you able to discover during that process of red teaming? Pretty well,
0: which was awesome. Um, We were at a bit over 60% answers being fully correct just off the bat with like our very simple implementation. Actually a lot of the, deficiency was in the links that would come at the bottom of the responses. So the answer could be pretty good, but the links maybe like one or two would be good, but then three would be kind of nonsense, just like some (laughs) random content. (laughs) So that was one of the flaws that we noted. Another one was that sometimes if you asked a sort of general question, like for example, how do I add data to MongoDB? it would conflate the various ways to add data to MongoDB. So you could add it with Mongo shell, you could add it using the Atlas UI, you could add it with a driver. And when there's these sort of general questions, it would conflate these various ways to answer that question. Another issue that we noted was it would struggle when like you are asking a follow-up question that directly related to previous information. So for example, say you ask, how do I add data to MongoDB? Then maybe the chatbot would respond, oh, you can do a write operation. Then you might say, okay, code example JavaScript, but the application, it would just search for code example, JavaScript. It wouldn't be code example, JavaScript of a write operation. And then the chatbot could give you a not so great answer.
1: And how did you address that?
0: Yeah, I would say that there was two main changes that we made from this initial naive application to the version that you see now on the, the website. Um, in addition to lots of little tweaks here and there. But the two main changes, well, one was adding some metadata to the embedded content documents database that uh, the chatbot bases its answers on. So in addition to like breaking up a page of documentation into these various chunks, at the beginning of each chunk, we also added some metadata, which includes stuff like the title of the page, which it came from, the product that the page relates to, and also any programming languages that are within the chunk. Hmm. And the idea with adding that before you create this vector embedding is that it provides some more semantic meaning, provides some more context to the embedding, what this chunk of information is about. So that helps with the vector search retrieval later on.
1: My mind is going crazy with ideas. I'd love to see additional content sources added. So imagine if I go to the chatbot and I ask, how do you update MongoDB or how do you search MongoDB? It could come back with not only relevant articles in docs, those should probably be prioritized, but wouldn't it be great if there were additional links to content like the MongoDB podcast where we talk in depth with someone who's an expert in that space.
0: Is that a possibility? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think something like that honestly wouldn't be very hard to add. I think the way you'd go about that is maybe you only ground the answer in the documentation because that is really the source of truth and everything has semantic meaning given that it's you know this fairly technical documentation but in addition to grounding the answer in that you could perform like a second search for what is some additional content that might be interesting related to this
1: Mm. yeah so this has me thinking about maintenance of the data so I would imagine that as the docs are updated on a regular basis, you're having to, are you running a, a regularly scheduled job that updates the vector embeddings?
0: Yep. It's yeah. literally a nightly crunch job. Okay. Yeah. Because I think that one's actually more meaningful.
1: So what else did you have to update as you began to roll this out and, and
0: to uh, take a look at the results? So the, Other most significant fix, and I think this was actually the single biggest, most important change which we made, was adding what we call a query preprocessor. So every time you ask a question, using the same example, write data MongoDB, we run it through an LLM again to transform it into something with some more semantic meaning for the conversational context and for vector search. So write data MongoDB. Um, as mentioned before, there's an issue with like conflation of products. It could mix multiple products in the answer. So this preprocessor decides what product the question should be about, with the default being the Mongo shell. So if you don't specify write data MongoDB with Java, it will default to the shell. And then it will perform vector search based upon that. Oh, Also worth mentioning, it will take whatever the input is and transform it into something that has a little more semantic meaning in a MongoDB context. So if it's like write data is the query, it might transform it into how do you write data to MongoDB using the Mongo shell. So the chatbot is actually answering for that question and doing vector search with that question, which yields much better results. Hmm. And that also handles this follow-up scenario where, say, your first question is write data MongoDB. It gives you a generic answer, but then you're like, code example. It would transform that query into, how do I write data to MongoDB, give a code example with the Mongo shell. And it will do vector search on that and do the LLM summarization based on that.
1: Is there the sense of context? If I come back to the docs page, does it know I've asked questions previously and can it build on responses?
0: So right now we don't persist conversations long term we do store all of the conversations in the database and the database of course being mongodb that's like a second use of mongodb in our application beyond atlas vector search and it's actually really nice that you're able to just use the same database like two different collections in the same database one for this embedded content another one for your conversations like it makes the infrastructure and thinking about that much simpler than if you had separate vector databases and application data. So is it constantly
1: learning based on the questions it's asked and the answers it retrieves?
0: There's no learning that's involved. So we're not updating any AI models. Rather, we're just, well, we treat the AI model as something stateless, and this might change in the future, the space Mm -hmm. is so evolving. But the learning would happen sort of asynchronously and driven by humans. So we could analyze the responses and be like, you know what? The chatbot really sucks at answering questions about versioning, which is actually something that we encountered (laughs) as we were doing the the development process. Um, it sometimes would answer like if you asked, "What's the latest version of MongoDB?" It'd say, "Oh, it's 4.2 from September of 2021, because that's when ChatGPT was trained." But we were like, "Well, at least it's telling you it's 2021." But that obviously is not <laughs> what we want to be talking about in uh, November of 2023. So the way that we addressed that was um, we just added some metadata about versions. And now it has this metadata context about versions. So if you ask what's the latest version, you can see it's 7.0. And there like the implementation of the solution, it has nothing to do with training the LLM, the AI, but rather you're just giving the chatbot more data that it can use in its answers.
1: So what tips do you have for users interacting with the chatbot? Are there ways to improve the accuracy
0: of the results? I would say be more specific in your query. So the better your query is, the better results that you'll get. Because it can help give the vector search plus the preprocessor, just more context about what it actually is that you want. And it will then give you better results. Yeah. So to give a concrete example there, it would be better to ask, how do I add data to MongoDB using Node.js as opposed to add data? Mm. Yeah. If, of course, what you want is adding data with (laughs) Node.js. Right.
1: Right. So specificity. That's mm-hmm. that's good. Well, if you're listening along and you're intrigued and you want to get more information, you can head right to the source of the thing we're talking about today, which is the Docs AI chatbot. There's a link in the description. You can visit mdb.link/chatbot or just head on over to mongodb.com/docs. So let's let's shift gears a little bit, and there are going to be folks, developers, listening that that may want to build their own. RAG
0: application, um, can you can you give them any advice? So I'd say the most important piece of advice is to not over-engineer from the beginning. Take an iterative approach to the development, and that's even before like you get it out into production, and um, like you iterate on the product in the wild, just as you're developing it get to some internal MVP as quick as possible, and then get it in as many people's hands internally as possible to try it out and find any deficiencies in it, which you can then iterate upon. Mm. And also, as you're defining your requirements and building your application, say it's important to build it in such a way that you can iterate on it easily.
1: So we're recording this conversation in mid-November of 2023, and OpenAI just released a new version of ChatGPT that enables folks to build GPTs, these custom assistants, and you can configure them by adding sources of information. I think it's rather limited in the number of additional sources of information, like, uh, for example, PDFs. Um, How would that differ from from the AI chatbot?
0: So the chat GPT, GPTs, they call them, They, I think they're good for like smaller data sets or if you're just trying to like do a little personal project. But the way that they implemented retrieval augmented generation there is really a black box. Like you have no idea what it is that they're doing to perform RAG. And also, they don't provide you links to where the information came from. And also, you need to just dump the content in there once, like there's no dynamic update process like we have. Um, so I think like if you're making a small application, maybe like some little internal chatbot over some static set of data, or just playing around, sure do a GPT, but If you're looking to really productionize retrieval augmented generation and build a robust application, ChatGPT with their built-in retrieval system is probably not the way to go right now. With that being said, I suspect that in a couple months they will iterate on their product and the answer will be different. But as of mid-November 2023, I think that their retrieval system is really geared for kind of lightweight applications. With that being said though, you can add your own retrieval system to GPTs with the plugin. And I think that is a really interesting avenue to explore. I'm actually working on a little hack on that on the side right now.
1: Well, we'll watch this space. I'm interested to see what you build. Um, so any additional advice for folks starting out, uh, the process of building a, a rag based AI app?
0: Well, I think building it on MongoDB is a good way to go because it has this vector search functionality, which you'll need for the retrieval aspect. And you can also just store the rest of your data in there, your normal application data, and you have access to the whole. Rest of the suite of MongoDB products. Mm-hmm. Like I say, this not just as a MongoDB employee who is biased to uh, <laughs> biased to uh, promoting MongoDB. It genuinely makes building the application much much easier yeah. than if you were to cobble together a whole bunch of different solutions. Yeah, and you can start for free.
1: Yeah, I love that. And there there are links in the the show notes to, uh, to MongoDB Atlas. You, as Ben mentioned, you can start for free and, uh, test all this stuff out. Let's say folks wanted to see what you've built. Is that going to be in a state that is, you're willing to share?
0: Yeah, yeah. All the code is open source, so you can look at our GitHub repo, which is github.com slash mongodb slash chatbot. Mm-hmm. Everything that is, is there for you to look at, and we're actually working on taking what we built and making it into a framework so that you can actually build your own RAG application using a lot of the building blocks that we've made.
1: I love that. Uh, I love the open source uh, concept. Um, so there's a, an article that accompanies this podcast episode. It's entitled, Taking RAG to production with the MongoDB documentation AI chatbot, written by none other than Ben Pearl, written by none other than Ben Pearlmutter. Um, so definitely check the links in the show notes. So what's next in the development cycle for the chatbot?
0: So we got a few things on our roadmap. One, as mentioned, we're going to work on making it an open source project. So expect some news on that. Fairly soon. Then, in addition to that, we are going to work on just general quality refinements. Uh, in particular, that preprocessor. I think there's a couple of improvements that we can make there that will improve the response quality as conversations grow in length. And we'll also be rolling out the chatbot to various other locations across MongoDB web properties. Right now, it's just on mongodb.com slash docs can look out for it on other documentation pages soon and also the developer center and some other areas of mongodb.com.
1: Great, so the implementations on other areas of the web properties on MongoDB, will that change the context or will it still reference the same set of backing documentation?
0: So for now, we'll just be the same set of backing documentation. For example, if it's on developer center which is our developer blog, it won't rank that content higher. But that's certainly something that we've discussed and maybe based on user feedback, if, if that's what people actually want, we'll consider implementing that in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, Ben, this has been a great discussion. I appreciate you sharing
1: what you've done. The work is, is super high quality. I leverage it on a regular basis. And uh, I just want to thank you for, for the work on this project. It's pretty exciting to see something go from skunk works to production. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we wrap up?
0: First, thanks Mike, for all those kind words. It's been a lot of fun building it and glad that we have at least one satisfied user. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. I guess my main thing that I have to say is go and check out the chatbot bot, com slash docs and leave us some feedback. You can, do thumbs up, thumbs down on the chatbot. Then the bottom right of the webpage, there's a feedback widget that you can use to provide some additional feedback. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Great. Well, Ben, thanks
0: again. Thank you, Mike.
1: Thanks so much to Ben for joining us. And thanks to you, the listeners. If you want to find out more information about the MongoDB Docs AI chatbot, check the show notes. There's a link, mdb.link slash chatbot. It's going to take you to a page with more information. We can learn all about it. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.